Hi, my name is Lewis Cox. I am but one of many individuals that keeps the wheels of the Dreamcast junkyard turning, and you are listening to the Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 201 of the Sega Lounge. We're back down to earth after the high of celebrating episode 200 last week. If by any chance you missed our special edition of the Sega Lounge, please do yourself a favor and check it out in audio or video form. The video recording is available on our Twitch channel. Oh, and feel free to subscribe to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash the Sega Lounge. Last week, we really had a great time, so I do hope you check it out at some point. But that was last week. What about this episode? It was about time I had this week's guest on the show. The current head of the Dreamcast Junkyard is a connoisseur of Sega's 128-bit console, but his story of how he ended up getting so involved with the console and the community around it is worth telling. Lewis Cox is on the show this week, and among other things, we also discussed the indie and fan-translating scenes surrounding the Dreamcast. Stick around for a great chat with a wonderful guest. Hello, Lewis. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, I love the show and I've been listening for a long time, so I'm really excited to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, really long overdue uh, talk with you, I, I, I would say. Uh, and we, we, yeah, were, yeah. we were talking before we started recording. Uh, what, what really made me finally invite you ever you you are so I, I i do say this to a few guests uh i have a list uh that i redo every season of potential guests and so some people uh, are on the list like from the beginning of the season I, I i think okay so i'll at some point i'll try to invite this person to come on the show uh you are one of those people that because you've collaborated with with the show several times you've been on quizzes you've been you recorded mm-hmm. segments for our best of the year episodes and stuff. So you've been on the list. And since you're, you're now, as we, I'm sure we'll talk about, are now, you know, um, basically in charge of the junkyard, I thought it would be nice to have you on the show. But, you know, for one reason or another, uh, never really asked. So what really prompted me to finally do it was listening to one of the the episodes of the Dream Dreamcast, uh, the Dream Pod, your your uh, junkyard podcast. You were talking to Edward Dickinson, who's been on the show, and was saying, "Oh, it was really nice. I went on the Sega Lounge, and then I got a seal of approval that Casey sent me and stuff." And you're like, <laughs> "Oh, I never got one of those." <laughs> and I said to myself, <laughs> "Okay, let's let's fix this. Let's rectify the situation asap." 
<laughs> yeah you know what when i said that i think it was like half in jest but like the fact that it's landed me a spot and promoted me up the, to the further up your list is brilliant i'm i'm so happy to be here so yeah thanks thanks for picking up that little like you know a uh, fish fish line fishing line that i threw out there thank you <laughs> <laughs> well done good job good job good job yeah, yeah. uh so lewis uh, very nice to have you. I always like to start from the beginning, so uh, and we've never really had a chance to to talk about this, uh, you know, at length. So, how uh, did you get into video games? How did it all start? Because that's the beginning of everything, right? It's the the love for mm. video games. So, how did it all start for you? Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think I I um, I was very privileged to have i suppose is what a quite a rare thing but my my granddad was um always into games like um you know i'll get the sad bit out of the way sadly passed away um at the end of last year but like you know all my life I, he played games he played you know from what i what i recall was you know playstation there might have been stuff earlier than that but i can't really remember it's a bit foggy and then you know last things i remember him playing was like you know, Xbox One, PS4, you know, uh, his favorite game was Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Like, he was cool. Oh, God, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and, you know, he taught me everything about games and, like, a lot of the habits I have in games are still from, like, watching him play. Like, he's always, you know, if I was playing a game, he'd come in and, like, watch me be like, no, just take a second, have a look around. You might have missed, like, a hidden item or, you know, just little kind of lessons like that. And, um, you know, I think the one game that always sticks in my brain, um, other than like the kind of popular things that were on the, the first PlayStation, like Tomb Raider, was uh, Alundra, The Adventures of Alundra, as it was called in, in Europe. Like, he loved like puzzle games, and uh, I think he beat that game without any guides, which is amazing because that's like a really hard game. Um, but that was like the first game I remember. And um, yeah, he. Uh, he had a few different things like um, throughout the years, like the PS2 was like the main system. And he had a Saturn at some point, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about at some point <laughs> as well, the Saturn. But uh, yeah, he was, he was cool. And like, you know, that was like my, my sort of first memories of games. And um, I didn't really have um, like a home game console because I think my parents thought like, if I had one, I wouldn't concentrate on school. And, you know, I think they were correct. To be honest, I, I would have <laughs> probably like failed all my exams if I'd have had a, a game console probably. But um, they did get me like uh, like the Game Boy Color and, mm -hmm. and the Game Boy Advance. Um, so like Pokemon, I was like right in the, the fault, like the the moment for Pokemon and like, you know, I played all of those games to death. It's like, if pe people who know me know that, like, other than the Dreamcast, like, Pokemon's my other, like, big obsession. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that game. Those games, like, um, in, in that way as well, like, that kind of, like, very, they have, like, a personal sort of deep, you know, sort of connect. I don't have a personal deep connection to them, like, mm -hmm. in the same way I love the Dreamcast. Um, and then I suppose, like, I, the Dreamcast comes into it in kind of the early 2000s where my friend had one um, and I used to go around his house and he had Power Stone and some other games. Uh, Quake 3 Arena was another one. And we're like, I remember at the time 
we'd play these games together and the graphics and like the fact I could play them with him and like he had brothers. So it was like four player Power Stone 2 was the particular game I always remember from back then. And, you know, Power Stone 2 looks like like the anime I used to watch on yeah. TV, <laughs> you know, like Tenshi Moyo and like Dragon Ball and Pokemon. And, and I was like, wow, this game's awesome. And like me and my friends are playing it together and it's like so much fun. Like if you've ever played, you know, you've played Power Stone, you know how much fun that can be yeah, with your friends. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so that was... That, that that I just have that vivid memory of like spending the summer at his house, and unfortunately, I moved away, um, and so um, you know, I didn't didn't get to play much Dreamcast after that, and like I didn't know anyone who had one. Um, so the kind of the, my kind of moment with the Dreamcast came in, I think it was twenty eleven. Around then, um, I was in college. Uh, and I bought I bought one with like my first the first job I had I bought a Dreamcast like secondhand and then I got all my friends there at the, the college playing it with me so it's kind of like a second that was like wait, almost wait, like my kind but, of but moment yeah wh- why a Dreamcast <laughs> why a Dreamcast at that time <laughs> uh, yeah I suppose like not to be sort of negative but like because there's, there's a lot of great games that was coming out around that time but. Um, you know the kind of Xbox 360, PS3 kind mm-hmm. of era. The Wii, the Wii was kind of like the the outlier, I suppose. But like, you know, there was a lot of like Call of Duty and that kind of thing. Very grey kind of games, and um, definitely, yeah. And I, I don't know. I it was all oh, obviously it, it was expensive with uh, like my, my, my the money from my first job mm-hmm. to buy like a you know a, a current gen console. So. You know, and I started looking up like the Dreamcast, like, oh, I remember, you know, so- suddenly it like popped into my head one day and I'm looking up and I'm like, oh, there's these other games. And I, you know, I hadn't played a game like Jet Set Radio or Shenmue back then with my friend. So like, that was the moment when I was like, hold on, there's like some really cool games on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I started out playing them on like emulators and they were a bit choppy. So I was like, I'm going to get my own Dreamcast. And that way I can play, you know, a game like Power Stone 2 with all my friends. And I just remember like they used to come round, we used to play like loads of dream games together, like it'd be so much fun. And then we'd go to like the pub. So it was brilliant. Like it was amazing, some amazing times. And like like I, I know it wasn't like necessarily, you know, back in the day. Back in the day was obviously the friend I had, you know, back in the early two thousands. Mm. But I in a way I'm I'm re- very nostalgic for that time as well. So the Dreamcast almost kind of came back to be- make me nostalgic for that time as well. So yeah, it was it was brilliant times. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah. It, but I was just asking why because you know it's there were like you said there were more modern consoles. I do agree yeah. with your point of view though. It's like you know in, if you if you look at things like. Really objectively, after the the Dreamcast, uh, things started getting more gray and and bleak and mm. more realistic, right? Yeah, lost... less arcade kind of stuff as well. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like we we still have Nintendo, I think, in in some way as as the outlier, mm. as you said. But it's we we I think, and I as a Sega fan since since kid, I missed the like the blue skies that we yeah. we grew up with and uh and yeah so definitely a good decision to yeah. to go back and buy that dreamcast 
Good job. Yeah, it was that right time as well. Like you have that kind of there's a I can't remember the exact number, but there's a specific amount of time before people feel very nostalgic about a particular console. And I guess like maybe yeah, when I was in college, I was thinking about like you know all those kind of like colorful games and and you know like I say like the anime and all that kind of stuff from mm-hmm. you know that I was watching back in the day, and it you know brought me to the Dreamcast, I guess and and a lot of other retro consoles, like around that time, I was collecting all kinds of stuff, like mm-hmm. the Saturn, the GameCube, um, PS2, boo. But yeah, there was loads of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I actually anyway. remember, I actually remember the, the exact, I don't remember the exact day when I got my Dreamcast. I do remember the exact day I got my PS2. <laughs> that's interesting the 11th of, yeah. of september so september 11 uh 2002 that's when i got my ps2 that's uh, really weird because tom told me the same story about his ps2 because obviously there was an event on that day that happened uh, um that makes him remember and he t- yeah so he he, he has a, there's a story tells so it's really weird that that's kind of a similar yeah, story yeah. i don't remember, i remember i vividly remember getting the dreamcast and I, i've told this story many times it's, it's the first console that i bought with my own money uh i mm-hmm. i wasn't as i wasn't really working yet i had a, like a paid internship and i had to save money for a few months uh, so i do remember that experience very well it's that's why the dreamcast is so near and dear to my heart uh but the exact day no clue no clue. yeah uh, i couldn't tell that... you the exact day yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do remember it came in a pampers box uh from okay. ebay like okay. a like a like a nappy box um and it had a load of games and a lot of them were like you know missing the the what they call like the the hinges on the cases yeah and, uh, they weren't great games there's some real duds in there like spec ops which is terrible and uh, but luckily at that time on ebay you could get like i think i got like jet set radio metropolis street racer um choo choo rocket and uh, what was the other game uh i can't remember the other game it was four like bangers for like, like a, a pretty decent starter pack yeah, yeah. um and I got that for, oh, it was Virtua Fighter 3 TB. Okay. Um, I got it for like, you know, a tenner off eBay sealed. Okay. You know, that's the kind of stuff you could get back then. Now, not so much, but no, no. yeah. So it was super easy to like get your hands on all the best Dreamcast games, mm-hmm. especially back then. Um, still kind of all right now, but yeah, particularly back then. Yeah, yeah. Prices weren't crazy like like these days. Um, no, no. Yeah, so good, good stuff. And so the the Dreamcast came before the Saturn, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I had played a Saturn back in the day. Particularly remember Virtua Cop. I okay. uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, we had a uh, two guns, so it was cool. I think you could. Pl- I, pr- I remember playing. I swear, I remember playing it two player. Um, but my cousin thought it'd be cool to uh, snip the wires off. Virtual gun to use as like a toy gun. Oh, uh, nice. yeah, I, I, a million Saturn fans just like <laughs> just winced. Um, but yeah, so, so we had my granddad did have the Saturn. This is kind of like the weird Saturn story is um, my grand my granddad like never kind of like let 
for some reason he 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 kind of like held on to certain things, but then every week he'd be at the game shop trading in his game for a new one. So he he obviously wasn't bothered about trading in games, but for some reason on his shelf around this time I was getting into like you know the Dreamcast and other sort of retro systems. You know, they all kind of come together, don't they? Mm-hmm. When you get into one retro system, all of them yeah. happen at the same time, and he he had House of the Dead. Um, Fighting Vipers, Virtua Fighter 2, and Quake just sat on a shelf in his house. And I was like, why have you got these granddaddies? He's like, like, do you have the Saturn? And he's like, no. Like they just they were just sat there on a shelf. And I don't know why he'd never got rid of them or sold them or given them to charity or something. But I was like, well, can I have them? Like, and he's like, Yeah, like have them. Like that doesn't I don't mind. And the story is I have a relative like a long distant like a long distant relative that I've like not really met properly or spent that much time with and my granddad gave their son the Saturn and they didn't like those four games because they're too violent so that's why Quake and uh, House of the Dead got left behind but you know what like those are again we were talking about the Dreamcast the bangers you know like I got them and then like there was a guy I, I knew at a local shop who sold me um who sold me a Saturn for like twenty pounds in the box, which is ridiculous. God, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all the good deals. You got all the good deals. <laughs> yeah, so awesome. well, I, I kind of miss that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Good times. Okay. And so if I I, I like to Ask this question because I'm I'm uh, a really awful person. And Come now, <laughs> since you since you said since you mentioned the, the Saturn as well, so if you could like give me a top three for each system. Oh, okay. Could you? That's do probably that? not too hard, actually. Really? Yeah, I feel like I've. Okay. You know, on Twitter they have all these like like oh, what's your top whatever? Okay. You, I I do these all the time. So for Dreamcast, it is. Uh, see, this is hard because you're, you're going to make me pick between Shenmue One and Two. Um, I mean, prob- I, probably. I usually at least... cheat. I usually cheat and say Shenmue, like One and Two. Yeah, Shenmue. I feel like you said on a thing. podcast. Yeah, you said before it's like the whole experience. Yeah. yeah so yeah. okay, Shenmue. <laughs> um, I do. I'm kind of a rare occurrence where I, I kind of like the second one a little bit more because it kind of had all yeah. the things I loved about the first, but kind of makes it bigger. I loved like exploring Hong Kong. It was very like kind of different to me. Um, you know, there's I a lot of like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then Power Stone Two. Power Stone Two could maybe like edge Shemu off the the top spot because of like the memories mm-hmm. attached to it. Um, but overall, probably Shemu is of, is probably a, a much better game. Um, Power Stone Two, I know, is a controversial pick. Don't, don't be objective, um, Lewis. Don't be oh, objective. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Go go with your go with your heart or your feelings. I'm going yeah. With my, yeah, go with <laughs> you my with gut. gut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power Stone Two is a kind of a, an interesting game because it's not like the favorite out of the two. Um, but I just love like the kind of four the fact it's four player, the kind of mm. moving kind of scenery and it's just insane i love that it's such a like a a crazy game um and so much action going on um and then finally um d2 um which is kind of one i came to later because it is a like an american uh like import uh, for us you know you know in europe so um that game Again, another game that's sort of like some people 
think it's a bit all over the place. I think it's fantastic, like just amazing, amazingly atmospheric game. Um, Kenji Ino was just incredible, like as a a game designer. Um, And yeah, I... (sighs) I like that's a game again. I remember just remember playing it for the first time and just being bowled 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 over by it, like how good it is. So mm-hmm. um, that is, um, and then obviously probably an honourable mention for like Jet Set Radio as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Saturn uh, Nights into Dreams is just like probably if not not just Saturn, but like one of my favourite games ever made. I love it so much. Um, just again just incredible atmosphere in that game like it makes you feel like a child again playing it you know it's so so kind of whimsical like that and then um uh ko flying squadron 2 uh which is a game i do not own because it's way expensive but um i you know i got uh, i think it's is it pseudo saturn is that what it's called i was able to like get a soft do the soft mod for the saturn Mm -hmm. um and so i was like immediately playing that and then uh, there is another game that I'm just trying to remember. Um, you know, you know what? Uh, it's it's one of those, one of those back there. <laughs> yeah, probably again another expensive game that I use pseudo Saturn for. But like Magic Knight Ray Earth is okay. amazing, um, mm-hmm. but also D is great. Uh, I love D two and I'll, and D is one that obviously it's not quite as um, it's a, it's an FMV game, but it's like it's taken me a while to like appreciate how. Um, amazing it is um and yeah so maybe like d is my third one probably mm. uh i'll probably i'll probably think later like oh i should have said that instead but <laughs> i'll go with that as my third <laughs> I, what i find is uh not really my first pick is usually shenmue but the the number two and three are constantly changing like and if people mm. uh, i feel like it's easier to do like a top three than maybe a top 10 or something I oh just, yeah definitely i just yeah. recently did a top 40 sega songs uh for one of my shows oh. and I, I i how do you narrow it down to just 40 first of all and then especially with music yeah exactly <laughs> and then and then how do you uh put them in the correct order why and, and i then I, I i decided to just throw the the logic of the top 40 yeah. out of the window and just like go with uh, maybe the top five, top ten around that was really in order. But then, just like maybe let's not put all the Shenmue music here. Let's do let's let's like uh, sprinkle them throughout the, the the chart and to make it for uh, make for a better show, better radio show. Yeah, right. But, I do not. I do not envy you for having to come up with that list. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's constantly changing because you know, like memories uh, come back from from times when I played a certain game and then i remember oh that song mm. i should have included that song even today i was i was thinking about that and like, oh i should have included that game or a song from that game or something so yeah it's yeah. really it's really hard and subjective right it's uh, absolutely yeah um which is, which i think is i did nice. all right then i think i did I think okay so. i think so i think so <laughs> great picks great picks i need to play the d games because people always say they're great games so you should try them yeah. at some point Okay, yeah. so going back to the Dreamcast, and you're now um, we, we've had Tom Charnock on the on the show before, good friend of the show as well. Many people mm. from the Dreamcast junkyard. Um, you're now uh, you, you've replaced Tom like uh, as the the lead of of the yeah. Dreamcast. I know you don't like to 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 say that. 
like you feel like you're part of the team, right? But yeah, some, someone yeah. has to someone has to to lead and to to like the uh, drive things forward and and uh, motivate yeah. people to do their 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 stuff. So uh, how did that come to be, and and what does that really involve on your day to day life? Um, <laughs> so so it's. Um, Yeah, it's like admin. Yeah, that's the best way to describe <laughs> okay. it. It's doing admin, so it's uh, like run, like running social media. I do. Mike does assist me with social media. Uh, Mike Phelan, who you had on mm -hmm. uh, recently, um, and uh, like I edit the podcasts as well, um, and yeah like i we i edit the blog post but i do have assistance with that from a, a an awesome dude called loz um mm -hmm. who's a great contributor to the junkyard um and yeah like i wouldn't consider myself like the the boss or whatever i i literally just uh i'm obsessed with running you know it's like a like a real fun hobby to run the junkyard and um you know i was like this when tom was around like i was always like oh like what should we do for the next podcast and you know, really planning things, getting kind of motive, trying to motivate people to to do some cool stuff and coming up with ideas. And yeah, so yeah, so like I kind of just do the boring things, you know, like I say, like uh, keep the blog sort of maintained and, you know, do social media stuff. So it's kind of boring, but also like as a fan, it's kind of like, you know, like I was a fan of the junkyard for many years before even joining it. And, um, yeah, it's pretty awesome to just be involved in any capacity. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to, I guess, be so kind of down and dirty. with like the, the kind of, you know, day to day running of it, I suppose, rather than just mm -hmm. kind of being in the background. That's the kind of way I like it, like to, to be, I suppose. Yeah. To get involved. That, that sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, And since you, you've mentioned like getting involved in doing things, are there uh, since when uh, have you been around the junkyard? Uh, like, like as yeah. part of the team? Yeah. So I I joined in. Ooh, I want right. I want to say 2018. Um, okay. Like Tom had, I'd known Tom kind of on social media because I used to run like a, a website called Alt Mag, uh, which you can't find anymore because I've taken it down at least temporarily um to kind of rejig it but like i ran that for like many years and um i get tom like oh i didn't realize but he was kind of reading my articles um you know when i'd put them up and uh you know one day he just invited me on like to to be part of it and um yeah and then i suppose um it was the beginning of of this year he uh you know he He, he decided he wanted to take a step back and just do other stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, when you're kind of, I mean, maybe you feel like this with, with the Sega Lounge, it's like when you, you're running something, um, you know, there is kind of sometimes that kind of pressing kind of obligation to just, I've got to keep it going, you know, keep it going. And, um, you know, at some point, you know, if we're Tom, for example, like I think it, you know, it gets a bit kind of like, am I doing this because I'm, um, you know, I love it or because I feel like I have to do it. And, you know, it's, I was glad to be able to take that kind of 
burden off Tom's shoulders yeah. so he could just kind of do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, even now, like if he ever wants to just come back and write a an article, you know, like that's amazing. Like he's an incredible writer and, you know, very influential to myself um, and my writing style, that kind of dry uh, sort of, you know, British video game magazine kind of humor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's so I'm, um, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, great so- to be a part of it yeah it's, it, i'm sure he appreciates uh you know all the help that you you guys and the fact that you guys keep keep the the, the junkyard going as well right because you know um i've i've had that experience with radio sega i i at some point was the was in charge of radio sega and mm. um then I, I i started feeling a little bit like like tom right it's too much there's 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 life there's uh, our our jobs and uh, yeah. other things that we want to do sometimes that we have lack the energy. So at, at times we feel like it's not really something that we're enjoying. It's more like a job, a proper job that we yeah. have to do. And so taking a step back, but knowing that whoever stays uh, after us will will keep the 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 thing going and and maybe even make it better. That's yeah. Um... That's that's the best feeling in the world because you know. Which is the case for Radio Sega, for example. I, I I have complete trust in the team, and and I know they they'll they'll keep the the the, the station going for years to come. Yeah, still, yeah, still, still going strong is Radio Sega. Love it. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, love to see it. Um, and and like I, that, it was actually the whole like thing of me taking it over from Tom was actually just inspired by a chat I'd had with um, you know, the guys from Shemu Dojo. You mm-hmm. know, that site's changed hands many times. Um. Yeah. You know, more so than, like, I didn't realize how many times it had changed hands over the years. Um, But that's great that it's, like, still that, you know, that huge uh, Shemu fan site that's so Mm -hmm. important to us as fans is still able to continue. And that's the same with the Junkyard. Like, a lot of people, um, you know, like I say, talking as a fan of the website, um, first and foremost, like, it's a site that, like, you know, just made me like love the Dreamcast even more. You know, and um, it's a, a lot of people see it that way. A lot of people love that website, and uh, so it's yeah, happy to just keep carrying the torch. Sure, sure, and it certainly is a, a an influential website in the community for sure. Yeah. So uh, my question was, since so twenty eighteen, it's been like five years, right? Around mm. that, around that. Um, well, you, you know. <laughs> Uh, ha- do you have like a favorite article or favorite um, podcast episode or something uh, that you th- say, okay, this is my one of my proudest moments as part of the junkyard team? Yeah, um, I think I think like I never, I genuinely, when I joined the junkyard, I genuinely never saw myself doing this, but like I got really in sort of doing like deep dive articles and like it got to the point where I was like what's my next deep dive gonna be like I was always searching for the next deep dive it kind of became like a like a thing and um uh, so like the first one I did was um someone put a picture on reddit of a guy at like an event playing this like weird sort of running uh like the picture on screen was like of a like a, an athlete running and he had like, I think it was like the maracas. I was like, what, what's this game? And 
so I, I did that was like my first deep dive piece actually pc wizard 13 actually really helped with that um from some chats on twitter and it turned out it was this um project from this japanese university where they were uh, you know basically training up the next generation game devs and this was not like a, a, f- a fully fledged game because because there was always that point in the sort of research like is this game going to come out and um it turned out it was like basically like a student's project like he developed this dreamcast game that used like the the maracas and the fishing rod as like an attempt at motion control that was the most intriguing part of it like the idea that someone was trying to use those peripherals for something other than what they were you know used for originally and uh yeah so this was like this this student's showcase at this event so that's like really cool and that was like my first one and it kind of gave me like the taste for it and then i think like the proudest one i've ever done um well there's two one was i interviewed a band um who like no one knows but they're like a an emo band called brave little abacus and i saw like i was just listening to them as a fan and it, apparently they used to do Sorry, apparently, like I saw that it said that they used to have a Dreamcast as part of their live show. Um, so instead of having a drum kit, they'd play like the drums and the backing track off a T, like it was a TV with a Dreamcast hooked up to it, and they put a CD in the Dreamcast, and that was like their backing. And it actually took like a while for me to get in touch with Adam, who's who's the lead singer of this band. They, they no longer exist, unfortunately, but um. Yeah, I managed to have this like really amazing kind of interview with him, and and that was kind of a cool thing as well because it kind of was able for me to explore like into you know something I love like you know music, and was able to kind of dive into that as well. And like he, the best bit was I I remember being um, I was in I was shopping, and I got this message from because I'd asked like could you find any photos of these shows from back in the day um and he was like oh no i don't think i'll be able to and then i got this message i found some photos and i've got all these like amazing photos so i had the article written and i was like really excited to put it out maybe with just some like sort of filler photos of the band or whatever and then he comes through with these photos i was like oh my god like that just made it even better so that's like one of my favorites and then the other is um deep basically i found out through i think it was like an image search i was doing a a thing about kenji Ino. i was going to do like a whole article about like all of his kind of weird things he did during his career and then i I saw on like an image search this picture of laura who's the kind of like the main character of dt he had this whole concept where it was like she was a sort of almost like a virtual actress so she played roles in games. I know it sounds kind of weird to explain, but what he did as part of this whole like marvelous idea he had was he had a collaboration with High Fashion Magazine, which was like a fashion magazine in Japan, and he had her like modeling clothes for a, a, a quite a famous fashion designer called Yoji Yamamoto. And I saw this front cover, and that was it. That's all you could find online. And I managed to buy the magazine from like one of those proxy sites. And, you know, it's this whole like fashion, uh, what do you call it? Like a, like this article, it's like quite a few pages of like 
this video game character like pl- with these wearing these clothes and it, this is before like, they did it with like final fantasy did stuff with like gucci and and stuff like that like years later so this is like almost maybe the first instance of this kind of weird kind of phenomenon of you know video game characters wearing real people clothes like it's kind of st- like i don't really get it to be honest but the actual magazine is in- pretty awesome and um, so I scanned all that, and I remember um, actually reading the article when it came out. Uh, and I yeah. rem- one thing that I remember was like that you put all the covers, <laughs> yeah, from the the different uh, <laughs> issues of the magazine, and then yeah. the one with with Laura really stands out as different, right? So they had like yeah. Nat- Natalie Portman from Star Wars and stuff, and yeah, then, yeah. Okay, here's a video game character in a fashion magazine, of course. I know, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like continuously, like to this day, like that always gets shared um, mm-hmm. on social media. It's like probably my best, the best article I've done as far as like um, like views. Um, the, only, the only sort of gripe I have with like, because people share it all the time on social media, but they never link the article, and it's like just just share the article. Yeah, like it's... I don't, I, I love the fact that people have obviously enjoyed it and are like, oh, you want to share it and show people, but it's mm. like just share the article so they can enjoy it as well. Like um, that's all I ask. Like literally, you can you can do whatever like with the pictures, um, but yeah, and and you know what? Again, it's like talking about that kind of connection to something like because I was so proud of that article. I actually initially sold the magazine. Um, so, like, if you look on the the blog um, on that article, that the, the cover mm-hmm. has like a blue sun fade down one side, um, and I sold that to someone um, who's like a huge D two fan. Like, their collection of D two stuff is mind boggling. Like, they have the um, there's like a box that Kenji Ino handed personally to per- people who pre ordered it. It's like a collector's edition. It's like really rare, and he has that. And so he was like, oh, I really want this magazine. Like, will you sell it to me? So I sold it to him. And then like shortly like after, I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. Like, you know, I wrote this article about it and people like it. And so I, in the end, I actually bought the the magazine again. And okay. this time it didn't have a, a blue sun fade. So really I should update the scans. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and it's it's great stuff. We'll we'll talk about a, a bit more about something else that you've been involved with that I want to know more details about. Um, mm. But we have to take a break, Lewis, because you really wanted that seal of approval, didn't you? So okay. <laughs> you know what comes next, right? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's time for... I'm, I'm dreading this. <laughs> exactly. It's the dreaded Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for, and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> it's time. It is time, Lewis. 
when, when we set up this interview, he, he told me, oh, I, I, I also like the Saturn and the Dreamcast, of course. So I thought to myself, let's do something that I, I've done many times. Let's do the, the ultimate Sega fan challenge, okay? So okay. instead of just focusing on the Dreamcast or the, the Saturn, we'll have a little bit of everything. Um, just the music will be more Saturn and Dreamcast focused, okay? So how does this work? We have 10 questions, or 10 rounds, should I say. Um, four of them are music rounds, so I have like short clips of songs from games. And as I said, we're narrowing it down to Dreamcast and Saturn uh, for the songs. And then the other rounds are questions, and you can always pick between an easy question or a hard question. Easy questions for one point, hard questions for two. And I say hard, I don't know, some of them, especially the Dreamcast ones, are probably not that hard for you. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all, all, always up to you. And our goal is usually to get 10 points, right? You can go points. up to 20, but let's go to 10 is like the, you know, gets to the seal of approval. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready. Ready, Lewis. No, you're not. Don't, don't answer. Don't as answer. I, <laughs> as I'll ever be. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know, you know what? I, I want to just say this while I'm on the podcast. <laughs> when I listen to the podcasts that you do the pause you do before answering the, the given the answer like <laughs> correct or wrong is like excruciating <laughs> it's brilliant like never change it but like i'm always there like, like i can't deal with it yeah that it's, pause <laughs> it's the whole it's the whole the whole deal with with this that's the whole point yeah. that's the whole point of course yeah of course it, yeah like i say never change it but <laughs> oh man so tense <laughs> as i usually say it's it's half the the, the challenge is is dealing with with that yeah yeah <laughs> so so yeah uh so we'll we'll do this we'll we'll start with round number one of course easy or hard Lewis? easy or hard i'm gonna go easy for now yes that that seems like the the smart choice what is it? Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a really easy a really easy one for you. You said easy, right? Yes. You said easy, okay. Back in the Sega Net days of the Dreamcast in the US, Sega got which popular band to endorse the service by sponsoring their tour? Oh, that'd be Limp Biscuit. pause <laughs> there's the pause uh, <laughs> and and the question are you sure yes <laughs> i like i like it how you were like yeah there would be limp biscuit are you sure uh yes yeah so i can lock it in then yeah no doubts yeah. about it okay so your answer limp biscuit is Correct. Well done. Hey. Well done. Yes. Yeah. One Thank point you. with with an extra long pause just for you. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. So that's one point. Well done. Well done. Okay. That's a, a brilliant start. Uh, and now we're off to round number two, which means it's the, one of the songs that we have here uh, to play. Right. So 
two points. You can get two points. Uh, I'm going to make this a little bit easier for you. If you give me the game, I'll give you the two points. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Let's hope I get it. Just give me the game. If you can give me the game, I'll give you the two points for this for this round. Okay. Okay. Ten second long clip. Let's take a listen. Come on, yeah. Let's get it on tonight. Well, all right, all right. Yeah. No <laughs> what wow. could it be? Uh... I thought for a second it was the uh, the music that um, Tom plays on on his boombox in Shenmue, but it's definitely not that. Um, after like the the lyrics came in, uh, <laughs> oh god! Uh, you know so, what? Like, uh, I've, we, we, not, I've yeah. narrowed this down to Saturn and Dreamcast only, right? So maybe that helps. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, you know what there's a lot of like games on like you know dreamcast especially where like i played them you know over the years um and then in the last so many it's just been like obscure games galore and uh -huh. i've not had a chance to like mm -hmm. kind of but uh oh god let's go let's go uh follow this path of, of, of this train of thought. Uh, yeah. What kind of game would this fit in? What like kind I, of, I what, like what genre, yeah. what kind of, you know, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay, you know, I was thinking kind of like, you know, one on one hand it could be Sonic and then on the other, something like Metropolis Street Racer um even like daytona but i've not really played as much daytona so um do you want to yeah. uh, listen to it again yeah let's give time. it another let's listen it, yeah maybe pay attention to the lyrics as well This could have I feel, multiple meanings, but yeah, I feel it, if if you if yeah. you if you know the rest of the lyrics, it's, it really is. He really wants to get it on tonight. That that's yeah. actually that's basically it. I feel like it's Metropolis Street Racer because I know there's like a, a song in that that has kind of a weird uh, sort of. Uh, one song <laughs> one yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> um you know what like i, I it's not like I, i'm not able to pinpoint exactly the game so i might just mm. guess and say metropolis street racer okay. lock it in yeah i think it's a pretty good guess uh it, it, it yeah it's, it's a varied soundtrack with lots of weird stuff mm. yeah you, there's a song about uh buying underwear and, yeah, and procreating yeah. and 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 stuff. There's a, a song with nothing but like uh, interesting. Let's let's leave it at that. Noises made by a woman. Yeah, uh, called passion. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Metropolis Street Racer is is it the right answer or not? So this song is surprisingly called 
Let's get it on tonight. Uh, oh, so that's now amazing. I'm thinking it, now I'm thinking yeah. it could be Sonic R, but uh, mm. don't, so don't. It has that kind of. No, 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 no. Okay. no it is, it is, it is Metropolis wow. Street Racer. Yes, it is Metropolis. No, don't the, go with uh, Sonic of... Car. No, 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 no. No, it is, it is Richard Jakes as well, but not Sonic Yeah. Car. You know, so, a Sonic game and let's get it on tonight. Mm, maybe not, mm, maybe yeah. not. No, not really. Yeah. Pretty, pretty intense song. <laughs> it's something about like the kind of the way the the rapper sounds had that kind of like nineties like like Will Smith sort of, fake uh, Will Smith yeah that kind of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch <laughs> sort of vibe and yeah so I think that's why I thought Sonic R last minute and then okay, okay good I'm glad I got it right yeah secondly <laughs> something that I, I I wanted to I I've tried to and, and need to try harder actually and and haven't done so in a while but uh try try to uh, get in touch with richard jakes uh for an oh, interview because well, yeah. i really want to know more about this particular soundtrack and and yeah. obviously some others he, he's worked on for sega but this particular one i mean uh, some of the choices yeah. i mean uh, why and and how and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like cars are like for sort of older, older people, like teenagers. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to move it in that. Yeah, you know, it's not like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, it, it's it's interesting. It's, it's like there are country songs, rock songs, like trans, yeah, pop songs. It's a really amazing soundtrack. But okay, two points, is, yeah. two points. Hey. Well done. That's three points so far. What an excellent start. So it's time for round three, Lewis. Okay. So easy or hard? I'm going to go with easy again because uh, I'm okay. boring. <laughs> or maybe you're wise. Uh, okay. 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 Let's go with an easy question. Okay. I, I always have to include something Shenmue in the in the challenge. So in the original Shenmue game, Nozomi okay. helps her grandmother run what kind of shop? Um, uh, the, a florist or a flower shop. Why? Like why, why does, why does why, she help why her do, grandma? Why do you say that? <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> Because I was one of those uh, kind of nerds who, um, I think I thought in the game, if you spoke to Nozomi enough, like they'd, you know, there'd be, oh, there is kind of like romantic scenes, but mainly romantic in the sense that she's romantic to Rio and he just doesn't care. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, like I, I think I read on like a, a walkthrough or something, like if you call her and talk to her all the time, it like, it's... I don't know, it, it, it does, like, there's sort of a mechanic in the game that kind of, like, makes her like you more or something like that. I just thought it was quite cute. Mm. I'm a bit of a, a, a mushy romantic. And so I was there, like, trying to talk to Nozomi um, all the time. So, yeah, I, I definitely know she works at the flower shop. <laughs> Could be. Could yeah. be. That's a, that's an interesting guess. Yeah. Is it, though? Yeah, this is where you tell me that she had like a like a side a hustle side. at the sushi <laughs> the sushi bar or something. I don't know, <laughs> and I didn't realize. <laughs> it is correct. Yes, hey. well done, well done. That's 
one extra point. Lewis, you're Thanks. you're killing this. It's amazing. Well done. All going downhill from now, probably. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Even if it is, four points already. That's amazing. Hey, that's well good. done. Okay. Round number four is another song. Okay. Ready? Yep. Ready? Let's go. Let's take a listen. Okay. So happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a Saturn track, I think. Interesting. Mm. Like, I was thinking also Choo Choo Rocket, but I don't remember that particular... Nah. It doesn't feel as kind of like electro enough to be Choo Choo Rocket. Um... Yeah, I was thinking like a, like some kind of Saturn game, probably like a puzzle game or something. Like mm-hmm. Baku Baku. That's a bit of a not out there pick, though. I don't, I don't know if you'd pick Baku Baku. Are it's, these like Sega published shot. or? They're random? all e- either developed or published by Sega, yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Should have said that. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to do an out there guess, and it's probably wrong, but it reminds me of this game, and that is Clockwork Night for the Saturn. That's all I can think of for that music. Okay. That's my final answer. Okay. (laughs) Are you sure? Oh, God. Uh, Yeah. Should I lock it in? Lock it in, yeah. Yeah. So no no turning back now. No. Okay. No. So you you started by saying this is a Saturn uh, song. Saturn yeah, it, it feels yeah. like that kind of that kind of sound mm-hmm. like stuff like the PlayStation has that kind of I don't know, it has that kind of like kind of MIDI sound to it almost that kind of era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I, I I wholeheartedly agree. It is, because it is a Saturn game. It is, a Saturn it is game. from a Saturn game. Uh, you gave an actually pretty good guess uh, okay. with Baku Baku Animal. Uh, it, I, it really sounds like Baku Baku. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it could but also be, yeah, yeah. Could also sound if we think about it. Could also sound a little bit like Clockwork Night. So I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna go with Clockwork Night. No, no, you've you've decided already. I'm just I'm just chatting. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just chatting. I'm making small talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. and making you more nervous. That's what I do. Uh, <laughs> but actually, Baku Baku was a really good guess, and 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 uh, it really sounds like like that. But it is Clockwork Night. Well done. Two points. Yes. Good job. When you said Baku Baku, I said said to myself, yeah, this really sounds like Baku Baku. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a game that, like, I don't know, like, just it exists and I own it (laughs) for some reason. Yeah. uh... I, 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 I never owned, like, back in the day, a Saturn. 
Uh, and I skipped the, I had a Mega Drive, skipped the Saturn generation for multiple reasons. Um, but I remember in Portugal, where I'm from, the Saturn was, was huge, uh, until yeah. a certain point, uh, much bigger than the PlayStation at a certain point. And I remember going to like the shopping malls and supermarkets and there were, would be these, uh, stations with a Saturn in a, a certain game that you could play. It mm -hmm. was always either um, maybe sometimes Virtua, Virtua Fighter 2, but mostly Panzer Dragoon and Baku Baku were the, the two games That's that so, I so really, random. yeah, that I really yeah. associate with, with, with those times with my early memories of the Saturn. Um, yeah. And so actually back in like maybe five, six years ago, uh, a team of developers from Spain wanted to do a, a like a remake of Baku Baku. And they went to Kickstarter, but unfortunately it failed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> they really, they even wanted to like show Sega that they had the support of the community to do it. But... You know yeah. what? I should have backed that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a weirdly... I think feel like the the PAL version of that game is kind of on the pricier side these days yeah. as well. Probably so that's a shame. Probably, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no Baku Baku HD or remake or whatever, at least for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> okay. So almost halfway there, Lewis. Round five. Easy okay. or hard? I'm still going to go easy. I probably will go for easy on all questions. You're a smart <laughs> man. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. Saturn question. What's the name of the game created by Ed Annunziata, which lets you control a skeleton and was released in 1997 for the Saturn? Yeah. Um, when you said the the developer's name i was like oh my god i'm i'm not gonna get this right but when you said it was where you control a skeleton um i it's the answer is mr bones or i think it's called bones in is it just called bones somewhere else in japan maybe probably japan uh, yeah. Yeah, but mr bones is my answer and i'm preempting your pause i'm gonna lock it in <laughs> but you gotta pause anyway <laughs> okay okay good job nice <laughs> <laughs> it was an easy question okay good job one more point yeah. so let me let's just do the math oh seven seven points well done only three left for the seal of approval round six round six yes yes Let's go with round six, which is another song. So let's, can you identify the game? Uh, I want to say that is Skies of Arcadia, I think. I don't, I don't know what else that could be. It's like so RPG. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Skies of Arcadia is my answer. Okay. Um, any particular re any particular reason why, or just like the sound it of it? 
Yeah, I've not played the game for a while. Um, I really, it's one of those games where like I love it, but I've never like finished it, and I, I really want to go back and finish it. And um, that's just that kind of art. It's got that kind of it's RP. It's an art like very RPG kind of theme from mm-hmm. what what I'm hearing there. Um, but it's got that kind of like very up because Skies of Arcade is very upbeat, um, like like sort of in places happy kind of game mm-hmm. and uh yeah that kind of makes me it kind of has that like grandiose sort of like you know we're pirates in the sky kind of vibe so i'm gonna go with skies <laughs> of arcadia um yeah okay i'm not even gonna ask right because you you're gonna say yes lock it in <laughs> oh. Yes, that's it. It is Skies of Arcadia. Good job. Wow, yeah. nine I points. Couldn't, I couldn't tell you the uh, the name of the song. <laughs> it's but... the opening theme. It's the opening theme. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I thought, I feel like, I was thinking, is that the opening theme? <laughs> for some reason in my head it felt different. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, nice. It is, it is. Good job, good job. You like It was your first choice. That's the first thing that you that popped into your head. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Question seven. Easy or hard? Easy? <laughs> but uh, I go, gonna, you, you're, you only need one more point, so do you want to, like, risk it and try a hard question? Oh, oh, I should say, uh, the last question is always hard. Yeah. Well, I'll just do an easy question here okay. and then do the hard when it comes up. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... Have you played like modern, modern Sega games, like post Dreamcast games? Uh, some. some. Uh, it depends what they are. Uh, not played a lot of like the newer Sonic games. Okay. Um, I played like uh, I'm trying to think what I played. Like I played like Sakura Wars. That was really good. Okay. Um, yep. Indeed. And. Trying to think what else. Yeah, but yeah, I, okay. I have played the okay. occasional okay. one. Yeah. Okay. So, since you're familiar with with the modern, some modern games, mm. um, my question is: <laughs> What is the name of the duo of extraterrestrial rappers who end up crash landing on Earth? And going in search of their ship's missing pieces. <laughs> uh, sure, is this Toe Jam and L, right? Uh, but like, why modern Sega? Isn't that like that's like an old Sega game? That's like Mega Drive, right? Uh, I don't know. I I only read the questions here. that's my only job extraterrestrial rappers I want to say Toe Jam and Earl but that feels like why why modern did they come was there a new Toe Jam and Earl game Uh, there is there is a a, a more modern Toe Jam and Earl game there is yeah 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 yeah. back in the groove that's it funded through Kickstarter I remember now yeah a few years ago yeah, I I remember seeing the 
the creator like on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll go with my answer. Toe Jam and L. Then that's my answer. It's not really that modern, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll don't, just go don't with mind that me. Anyway. Don't mind me. Just go with with your gut. Yeah, 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 because it's right. Yes, <laughs> the the modern thing was just to throw you off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking like, oh, is there like a, some other characters <laughs> that like new characters or? I, I, I think I think like all a in Sonic or all aliens should be rappers. That's that should be a rule. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Make things better. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good job. <laughs> One point. Very good. Very good. So can we get a perfect score, actually? Well, that would be amazing, but we'll see. Round eight. Round eight. Another song. Ready, Lewis? Okay. Yeah? Can you get yeah. tell me the game? Let's take a listen. That's really annoying because I think I know. I think it's Choo Choo Rocket, but I don't know why. <laughs> and it, uh, I mean, you said this was Saturn or Dreamcast for the music, yeah, right? So, indeed. Like I know the song. Like I've, I've, I, I've. It's not like it's you know, it's like a song that is from a game I've never played. Like I know the song and I've played. I've played yeah, the game. I'm pretty gonna, sure you I'm did. Gonna, I'm going to go with Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah, I'm just going to like trust my gut, I think. Yeah. You should <laughs> always do that. You should always yeah. do that. Even if it's wrong, you should always do that. On this show, not in life. Yeah. But this is not life advice, just for this, for this <laughs> challenge. Uh, <laughs> think things through in life. But hmm. uh, here... Go with your gut. So your gut tells you choo-choo rocket. Yep. On the Dreamcast. Yes. Yes. Yes, please. Okay. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, he says. Not really yeah. that convinced. Okay. So your answer is... Incorrect. Choo -choo rocket. Oh. <laughs> and it's incorrect. It's Choo Choo Rocket and it's incorrect. It's Raz. Raz. Area oh. one. Area one of Raz. Yeah, I yeah, I've played Raz and that is the music from Area One. <sighs> yeah. yeah. That's annoying. Because yeah. like I knew I'd heard that, you know, I knew that music and I was like and I was trying to think of that kind of like spacey mm -hmm. sort of um electro kind of vibe and like Choo Choo Rocket. Choo Choo Rocket doesn't go this hard. I no, think. no, no, it does, no, you're right. It doesn't. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not as like chirpy as Choo Choo Rock mm -hmm, is. It? It's mm -hmm. like yeah. more kind of trance kind of sounding. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but but it was a good guess. Either way, you were in the vicinity. So okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one point left still. Right. One, two, three, four. Mm -hmm. No, actually, no. Wait. No, you already have ten. 
I miscalculated, right? So you have four correct answers, one point, three correct songs, six. So that's, you already have 10, so you're, you're clear. Uh, so, but still, let's see how far you can get with question number nine. Easy or hard? This is the last time you can pick an easy question, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll go hard for this one. I'll Let's go hard. go hard. Let's go hard. Okay. So, a couple of new ones here, actually. So let's go with this one. <laughs> okay. What is the name of the Bonanza Brothers? Oh, man. Can you like get these can... guys eating in Shemmu like <laughs> capsule toys? Oh, oh, you but can. I can't re- you can. Are they? To- but are they together? Is the question because I can't. Mm, I don't think so. But I, I do think you get them, and I do think their names are shown. Yeah. Do you oh, want wow. some options? Yeah. That, go on, give me the options. Okay, I'll, I'll give you three options. A, B, and C. Option A, Mobo and Robo. Option okay. B, Foco and Loco. Option C, Rolo and Polo. Mobo and Robo, Foco and Loco, Rolo and Polo. Yeah, um, I think it's the first one. Um, but that's still probably a guess. Uh, like I, I know the game, um, and I remember like I feel like there's a there's one on the Saturn as well uh, of this this series, uh, like a like a light gun game with those characters that I was really intrigued about getting, but then never never purchased. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the first option. I feel like you've you you've very you've sp- You've um, been very kind to at least to give me some options, and uh, I'll go with the first one as my guess. So the first one being Mobo and Robo. Yeah. What was the sorry? What was the what was C? What was C? C was Rolo and Polo. No, it's not that one. And B was nah. Foco and Loco. See, I can't say it's not that one because it might be, but I'm going to go with A. That feels like. Like I say, like I might, they may come up. Their names may come up in Shenmue, like because you can get yeah, them. as I think you can toys. get them, and yeah, and the names show up. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go with A because that feels right to me. Okay, final answer A for two points. Yes. Yes. Well done. You should only give me one point for giving me the. the I answer. thought about that, but let's let's just just let's just roll with it. I'm feeling I'm feeling generous today. Oh, thank you. Which means we're down to the last question, Lewis. Okay. Okay. Lewis Cox, head of the Dreamcast Junkyard, hmm. community celebrity here. Are you ready I for say your? That. Yeah, that's, I I would. So, are you ready for your final question? Yeah, go so on. So you currently have 12 points. Can you get to 14? Probably not. But okay. 
<laughs> the question is, in the Mega Drive games, uh, the, the Mega Drive Echo the Dolphin games, the mm -hmm. alien race who serve as the main antagonists are called the Vortex. However, in the Dreamcast game Defender of the Future, what is the name of the new threat that emerges? They're called the Vortex in the original games, uh, but then they changed yeah. it up a little bit. The story is a little bit different. The, the race is different. They're still aliens. Yeah. What are they called? That's, that's, that's a game I could never get too far in. I think that's a common issue. Um, love this game. By... Love this game. Yeah. I love the like I love the kind of uh it looks a very beautiful game. I'm always like I'm not very good at it. Um ooh, uh, it can get hard at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how I was able to complete it back in the day, to be honest. Have no clue. Yeah, yeah, but definitely a, a very gorgeous game. I find um, myself getting stuff stuck a lot when I replay it these days. So yeah. I don't know. I can't remember this at all uh, from what I did play. Uh, my, my first joke, my first like answer was going to be like climate change or something like is the threat <laughs> to the ocean. But uh, um, I, yeah, maybe just jokingly lock that in as my answer because I genuinely don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So climate change is your answer. Yes. Are you sure? Is, it, no, is that your final answer? <laughs> final answer, just for the lols. Um, just for the lols. Climate change. Could be. Could be, actually. But it's actually simpler. Simpler. A game narrated, and this could be a question, a game narrated by Tom Baker. Mm. The fourth Doctor for Doctor Who fans. Your answer, Lewis Cox, is, unfortunately... And surprisingly, perhaps, incorrect. Yeah. Uh, the correct answer was the foe. All right. The Very, foe. The foe, right? So yeah, like, quite fitting. Yeah, but quite simple. Too simple, perhaps. I remember uh, the bit about yeah. Tom Baker when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, like, I remember that. Uh, yeah. He narrates the game, actually. It's, that's really cool. Yeah. Pretty awesome voice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that means if my, uh, math is correct, 12 points, Lewis Cox, 12 points. That's amazing. Well done. Very good. You, get, you went easy on me. <laughs> you get the official Sega Lounge seal of approval, which, hey. is, which is amazing. Very good job. And I will send it to you. It is a real thing. As you know, I now know, uh, people doubt me. They don't think it's a real thing, but it is a real thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes. Good yeah. job. And thank you. Thank you for, for taking part in the Sega Lodge Challenge. <laughs> you know what? That was that was a lot of fun. I was worried I'd like humiliate myself, but uh, I did okay. I usually save that for the second appearance on the show. Uh, the humiliation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we you talked about um, some of the articles you wrote for, for the Junkyard. I wanted to, mm. to mention briefly uh, another interesting uh, bit of work that you did. You worked on the translation, on the fan translation of uh, 
I would say, an obscure Dreamcast game because, you know, it never left Japan. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, and I feel I feel like with the one thing I've not touched on with the junkyard is that, like, it seems to be like you meet someone and then that leads you somewhere. And, it, um, you know, I... Like I feel like <laughs> the reason why I, 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 you know, I know Andrew is because he came on a podcast, and then you know, in the end, I, you know, got involved like writing for his book, for example, and um, you know, Tom had read my stuff, and then I ended up on the junkyard, and then that's how I met Andrew, and then it, you know, it's like there's all these kind of chains of events, and yeah. uh, one of the the thing that led me to Nakaruru was like two things: one. Um, Mike Phelan um, told me about this game because um, like when I started chatting with him he was telling me all about these like obscure Japanese titles and collect like because they're quite collectible because a lot of these games like Nakaruru which is the game I was involved with a fan translation of um, they have like collector's editions um, as the standard edition and, and I believe it's like the reason they did that was to like get people I guess to purchase it maybe over the PC version at the time. Um, and it has like a figure in the box and everything. So he was tell- talking to me about that. And I was like, what? There's a samurai showdown visual novel. And um, one of the things that people who know me know is that like I quite like visual novels. I They're not like popular by any means, but um, I like the idea that you can kind of like read a story and like a- change the narrative, like kind of like a choose your own adventure game almost. And, you know, mm-hmm. I love you know i i watched a lot of anime um you know not so much now but like you know i'm i'm impartial to kind of like anime kind of you know games and stuff i love persona and stuff like that so like i like visual novels for that kind of reason as well um so i saw this this nakaruru and and then i get like i say the chain of events i met derek pascarella um the trap the hacker translator extraordinaire in our community he kind of just popped up one day with an evangelion translation um for the typing game another Mm -hmm. obscure game on the dreamcast but you know um and it got to the point where like literally like every other month i was covering one of his (laughs) works you know because he's so he's so like got so much energy for this stuff He, he the work ethic he has is incredible um but Obviously, it was only a matter of time before we got him on a dream pod. So we got him on a dream pod, and um, he was sort of telling us the process of how, in th- in this instance, on the when he came on the dream pod, he 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 translated Sakura Wars columns too, mm-hmm. um, and that was with a bigger team. So some of his stuff he does by himself, um, but then with this, he had a bigger team. So like we were talking about like this kind of assembly line process of you know, translator translates and then an editor edits and then Derek um, will put that, hack that into the game, into English. So he, after that, I was like, hey, Derek, you know, like I got on, you know, I get on, I got on with him anyway from just chatting to him for like so long through just being in the community with him. Always thought he was a a super cool dude. And um, yeah, he, he mentioned he was looking at, like some visual novels because he wanted to find another Dreamcast game that was compatible with the keyboard after Evangelion. Um, and he found Nakaruru and he shent, He said, oh, I'm thinking about this one. And I went, yeah, uh, sign me up as your editor immediately. <laughs> like, I want to be part of this. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, to cut a long story short, it took 
you know, I think it was it was a year and a bit, I think, to to complete. And um, the people I worked with are incredible. There's a guy called Marshall Wong. Um, Dura Lumen was another person. And um, they're like great translators. And like, you know, like maybe doing a, such a complex um, kind of project like this, you'd worry that maybe like you'd clash over things. But Derek and those guys were just so like cool and you know anytime i could ask the translators like i'm thinking of wording this sentence a bit differently so so just to add like my job was kind of like to make the the text from so they translate it into english and then i'd work on making it a little bit more like um accessible to like english readers um it's more like the translation versus localization right so yeah um and there was quite a lot of that in this game um Mm -hmm. and a lot of funny funny things where like because obviously Derek's American and I'm English like he actually did join in on the 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 editing as well like he did load of that as well and like there was times where he put in like an English uh, an American phrase or I'd put in a British phrase and um the other guys would be like yeah no we don't say this in America or I say we don't (laughs) say this in in Britain and that's it, because what we want to do is we want anyone who speaks English to be able to play this and enjoy it mm-hmm. um, without any kind of like, oh, I need to Google this or, um, you know, like I always give the example for this kind of thing is in there's an old Final Fantasy game where a character goes, you spoony bard. And um, <laughs> spoon spoony is a word and it, it means kind of like you're, you're over sentimental uh, like overly sentimental and in the context of that line it makes sense except it's an archaic word no one uses mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. so like when people saw that they're like what's this line like what does it mean so there was stuff like that we had to make sure that when you read this translation because you know visual novels are effectively just all text aren't they it's yeah. a text game um we we uh we were needed to make sure that like anyone who speaks english can read it and not like be kind of hung up on anything and and we i think we did a brilliant job and you know what like i i thought you know we're gonna put this out and like a few guys nerds like me love visual novels are going to enjoy it but you know what like so many people we didn't expect um were like really intrigued by it like people were like oh i've never played a visual novel but i'd like to play this and the samurai showdown fan base were like yeah you know, infused by it. I mean, Nakaruru as a this character is... It's is uh, like a spin-off. Huge, so yeah. Nakaruru is a, a Samurai Shodan character. Yeah. And this is like a, a, a spin-off, a visual novel yeah. spin-off based on that character, that, the story yeah, of that character. Yeah, it, it takes a few liberties. Um, so anyone expecting it to be in the canon of the, the, the Samurai Shodan games will be uh, a bit shocked. But And I won't go into why. But um, yeah, it's it's a very like beautiful kind of heartfelt uh, story really and mm. uh, it's hard to recommend like a visual novel because it's kind of like you know i wouldn't say to someone who loves books re- you know you should play a visual novel and i wouldn't say to a gamer you should play a visual novel because mm-hmm. it's sort of that weird middle kind of gray area in the middle but um we you know what like we've had people tweet us like i finished this game and it was amazing and like that's like i know we, we never did de- we didn't develop the game i mean to be honest Derek had to hack the game so much. You would have thought he'd developed it. He should be on the list of developers at this <laughs> point. But the amount of stuff he had to do, like he's he's amazing. And but 
Yeah, um, it but, almost feels uh, like we've kind of without you, given, the game wouldn't yeah. reach so many people. So that's an important yeah. work. So, so that was like a huge thing, and it was really weird because, like, kind of towards you know, there was this whole we're going to do it. We're nearly there. We're nearly there, and then there was just like one day where I was chatting to Derek, and he's like, "Yeah, we could release it." Like today and i'm like what like whoa you know i'm not ready for this kind of thing because like i say it had been kind of stewing in the pot for like a year and yeah we finally released it so mm. yeah that's uh that was genuinely like a really proud moment um so yeah <laughs> yeah awesome awesome that's amazing yeah um and you know i i've been this year i think more than in previous ones i've been paying attention to the to the translation scene the fan translation mm. scene i think because of uh, the that that recording that you did for for the show for the best of yeah 2022 episode oh yeah yeah in the beginning of the season and you mentioned uh, for Napple example, Tale, Napple Tale yeah. which was a game that I had been wanting to try for a very long time, but I didn't really understand a word of, of uh, I don't really understand a word of Japanese, so never really uh, mm. gave it a try. Uh, and after that, you said, oh, there are a lot of projects coming soon and stuff. And I was really paying attention. So the amount of people in, in projects, the ongoing projects, the people working on these projects, it's kind of amazing. Uh, and yeah, yeah, um, and you know what? Like it, it kind of all, it kind of all lends itself into that idea. Like I'm, you know, I'm sure you feel this being in the Dreamcast scene with all the indie games coming out. Like mm -hmm. it feels like the console's current, you know, and and you know it's alive and kicking. And uh, so, and and for us people who, you know, don't speak Japanese, like when a new video you know, when a new uh, translation comes out for something like Napple Tail or, uh, you know, Blue Submarine, um, or I'm trying to think of like a more recent one, like um, Panzer Front, I think it was called, was another one that mm -hmm. kind of got released recently. Like, it feels like we're almost getting a new game in that sense. Because like, yeah. a game like Napple Tail, a lot of people imported that for many years um, to play mainly you'd play like the the sort of 2.5 well it's not even 2.5d it's a 3d game but like you know what i mean the side on platform uh -huh, a bit. Uh -huh. and that'd be like all you could get out of that i mean you could sort of mess around with google translate on your phone and stuff and it could kind of work but like the translation that they did for that is incredible and like the amount of character it gives and and actually like the bit i love a lot about that game is kind of exploring and doing like the little errands in the town which is something that before the translation, you would be like, I don't know what anything anyone's saying. They want me to do that. They want me to get what? <laughs> like, you know, so, so it, it, yeah, like even the imports. And we're lucky with the Dreamcast. Like, there's so many arcade kind of games that are imports that you could just play without yeah, having yeah. to know the language. But then there's a game like Napple Tale, like I say, where it just, just it being in English is just so, like, we're so lucky to have that. And for the people who, who put their effort into that? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that'd be close to that top three of game of Dreamcast games. I'd say it is. It is yeah. a really great game. Yeah, it's a really yeah. different kind of game, different kind mm. of platformer, and it's yeah. It's, and understanding what it's about <laughs> makes it even more special because you get it like it's even quirkier than you thought. <laughs> Just yeah. judging by the visuals, it is a little little quirky and weird. 
but the story <laughs> makes it even weirder so and more amazing so definitely yeah uh, it, it it's it's really a welcome a welcome translation for sure and it's nice to see yeah. the the community as ever you know so so involved and so passionate mm-hmm. about creating these amazing projects to to improve the the dreamcast experience yeah very nice definitely yeah okay so um and that's my my we're we're talking for a little bit now lewis i want to let you go and <laughs> don't want to waste more of your time but i, I wanted to oh, no, ask you a, a couple more more questions the final question about like from a proper interview uh, point of view mm. um is so what's your uh what do you see uh, what do you think will be the future of the Dreamcast community going forward? What do you see happening in the future? We already know of, of a few projects that, you know, in the indie scene that are coming. Others are being unveiled. But where are you expecting to see from the community and the, the indie scene in the future? And how do you see yourself as a, a member of the, the Dreamcast character? Do you see yourself having a lot of work to do? Or not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Like, uh, you know, whenever there's like a day when, um, you know, it seems like news has died down a little bit, like something else, something happens. Like, you know, like the other day that someone had found a video someone had uploaded two years ago of like an unreleased Dreamcast game. And I was like, what? Like, you know, I never saw this before. And, and uh, yeah, there's always, it always seems like there's something happening. And now you've got like, publishers like wave and and pixel heart of you know they've been going for a long time like there's always like new games coming out and obviously with more people kind of engaging in the community like people like wave have an idea of what kind of games they want to see so um i do know there's some good stuff coming out from them i'm not sure exactly what but they they, they seem to be uh pretty excited to reveal yeah, it to yeah. us so yeah, I think you're still you're going to continue to get like new games, and and the thing is, is like they're going to get better and better. Like, um, you know, at one point, like not to say any of these were bad by any means; they were fantastic. But like, we just had like all shooters. You know, remember there was that yeah. era where every it's like, oh, there's a new indie game for the Dreamcast, isn't that amazing? And then someone, you know, people, to be honest, to be honest, like me, would be like, oh, it's another shooter. Like, we need something different, <laughs> and. Uh, and then to, to go from that, um, you know, to a lot of like 2D output to see something like Zeno, uh, Zeno Cider, um, like that, that uh, or um, I'm trying to think what else you've got, like, uh, like Arcade Racing Legends, like seeing mm-hmm. these kind of big, these 3D games. And, you know, I, I don't mind them being 3D or not 3D. Like, I, I, I just love having new jet games for the Dreamcast, but like, I'd love to see more stuff like we had with Postal where um, mm. it's like ports of like big games. And, you know, just the other day I can reveal this because it was in like our, our Dreamcast Junkyard, like public Discord. But the guy, the guys from Wave said that like, I think two of their new releases are like PC ports from like, um, I think it was the 90s, like early 2000s. So that's like really exciting because, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, the Dreamcast was kind of like a PC yeah. port kind of console. Um so yeah, I, w- I want to see that, and like, you know what? Like every day, like we're seeing more and more people saying like, 
oh, the Dreamcast, there's still new games for it. And, and more and more people seem to be coming to the community. So I I feel like you're going to get a more people like Derek, for example, like one day he popped up and suddenly he's bringing us all these translations. Like, uh, you know, we're going to see more people like that, I think, uh, like talented people. Uh, and the thing is, is like all I do is report on it um and and share the love and that's what i want to continue doing you know i want to continue um you know spreading the the good news so to speak of, excellent of the, the community so yeah long may it may it last for sure no it, i think we're we are living in in terms of dreamcast games and in the community in, mm. in exciting times right uh, definitely yeah. games products like the VM2, right? And oh yeah, forgot uh, yeah, forgot to mention that. So that's, that's incredible. It's yeah. incredible that people are still, uh, you know, they care so much about the system that they are working on on things to improve the experience and creating new games as well. It's really nice, really nice to see. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay, so anything you would like to say to people listening to us and who buy for any reason like couldn't can conceive any reason why but they're not familiar with the dreamcast junkyard yet let's say like the one person listening to us who doesn't know about the junkyard uh what would you what would be like your uh elevator pitch <laughs> or what, yeah what would you say to uh, them yeah so so the dreamcast junkyard is kind of a like source for everything you need to know about the Dreamcast, um, and it's you know manned by a very um, excellent, like passionate team of people. Um, you know, just shout them out. You got Mike, uh, James, Kev, Loz, uh, Andrew, um, Brian, uh, who's also at the Saturn Junkyard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it like there and. So you're going to get like, you know, great articles, whether that be like, you know, the news or, um, you know, just uh, deep dives. Um, and like, we always like to kind of go obscure as possible. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, so anyone who's looking for, you know, any if you're if you're ever if you've been a fan of the Dreamcast ever in your life or a, a current fan and you want to know more about what's going on, like we'll keep you up to date and um we also obviously have the dream pod and i'm going to use this because mike said it uh one time and i'm going to steal it uh is that the podcast is kind of like imagine the kind of dry humor of the blog in podcast form basically okay. <laughs> um, and on there you know we do interviews we're like we had an interview with um god i'm, I'm terrible i forgot his name uh, edit this bit out. Uh, sorry. Like we, we, we've, we've had interviews where like, we're like, uh, you know, people like recently we had one with a, a guy called uh, dreamcast enjoyer who makes some excellent videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, uh, Peter Moore was like a big interview. Um, James and Tom interviewed Peter Moore, obviously the president of Sega mm -hmm. during the dreamcast. And, uh, yeah, so like we do interviews and then we just have like kind of we have news roundup episodes and just kind of fun, um, just fun episodes, themed episodes, you know. So if you want to hear us talk about your favorite Dreamcast game, uh, 
you can you can hear it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's a great listen. Great listen. Uh, definitely yeah. recommended. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and all those links will be in the the show notes. So do check them out as well. Uh, people listening in, uh, re really recommended. I mean, it's the Dreamcast website for me. Yeah. I think for most people, the Dreamcast junkyard, the blog, the podcast. Um, it's really nice because I, I I I struggle to keep up with you guys because I, I I sometimes see something on the blog and I say, oh, this would be a nice person to interview. But then, like two days later, oh, this person also did something interesting. And, okay, wait, but I have more things to cover. Wait, I I have no time for all of that. So it's really hard to keep up. We're always highlighting awesome stuff and awesome people. So, but but yeah, it's really nice to to see the work you guys do, Lewis. I have one final question for you. It's always yeah. the same one for everyone. Okay? okay, which is if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? And the the reason for this question is um, back in the nineties. In the US, Sega said the Genesis had blast processing, whatever it was. Made the console uh, faster and more powerful than the competition. So if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? <laughs> yeah, this is, a, I don't know if anyone's ever said this answer before, um, and I hope this isn't a boring answer, but like, like i i have uh, adhd so my answer is me like i would like to have blast processing um <laughs> because that would make uh you know just i'd just function like so much better and uh yeah i would um churn out so many like fantastic articles like every day you'd get a new article from me um and yeah you'd never be able to escape escape uh, the output from the dreamcast junkyard because it'd just be non-stop um but yeah like that that's 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 the first the first thing i thought of was what would i need as like i think i could do with some blast processing so um that's my answer i hope that's not like a boring answer <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would do the same if it really was a real thing, which it is, of yeah. course it is. But I, I would include it in some part of yeah. me, like my brain or something, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get like more energy and focus, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we get sure. we're getting older, aren't we? So we need that energy where we can get it. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on that. Really, really sad and depressing note. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, thank you so much for coming on the Sega Lounge. <laughs> oh, thank you. Like, I, I just want to say, like, I really appreciate it because, you know, your podcast is fantastic. And, um, you know, I loved your, your recent uh, episode with the, the tech toy guy. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. Stefano, but, uh, yeah. Like, like, that's an interview I wanted to hear. So, like, you know, thank you for you know, always doing this excellent podcast and keeping it going. And obviously Radio Sega is fantastic as well. So, you know, I really appreciate you and feel very honored to be here. Thank oh, you very much. My honor. Thank you very much. And I hope to get Stefano back uh, to talk a little mm. bit about the Dreamcast days. So yeah, we were a yeah. little short on time. So I I told him I want to get have you back next season or something to, to discuss 
the the later years oh, of definitely yeah, yeah and talk about yeah. the dreamcast times and and whatnot um so yeah but thank you thank you very much for listening as well <laughs> appreciate that and and yeah. keep up the good work because you know uh you guys inspire us and i definitely want to ha have you back lewis uh to talk thank about you, more yeah. more stuff because there's always more dreamcast stuff to talk about <laughs> Yeah, thanks for listening to me ramble. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you. It was an honor to bestow upon Lewis the amazing seal. I hope you enjoyed getting to know more about him and be sure to check out the Dreamcast Junkyard which is truly the number one source for everything about Sega's final console. It's pretty amazing how active and alive the community and the system still are and there's no place like the Junkyard to get up to speed with the latest news. If you're listening to the Sega Lounge for the very first time, please consider following the podcast on your app of choice, and if you're enjoying the show, feel free to leave us a positive review to help spread the word about the podcast. Next week, we're doing another live episode, which will be broadcast on both Radio Sega and Twitch, the latter obviously in video form. We're discussing Sonic Superstars and another interesting Sega topic, so do check it out live on Thursday, November 2nd, from 8pm UK time if you want to join the conversation and have your comments read on air. Again, follow twitch.tv slash thesegalounge to get notified when we go live. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show, have a great week, and I'll see you all next time. Bye bye The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. A Mixed On Productions podcast.